Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. And I'm sad. I'm depressed. Yeah. Kamala Harris, the first major dropout of the race. Correct. I think that... Former frontrunner? Yeah, it was just a couple months ago that she was at 15%, Mm -hmm. right, with the big dogs. We thought, okay, here we go. And it's a loss in many ways. I think that she was not treated fairly. I think she was not given a fair hearing. I think she's a much better candidate than she's been given credit for. Mm -hmm. And at this moment, we are headed toward a debate stage that is going to be all white and in a Democratic Party that is truly concerned with diversity. Yes. And a field that has had a large number of interesting black and brown candidates to be coming down to mid-December and the stage to be all white, especially sans Kamala. It's sad. And Cory Booker tweeted, Iowa should have made the decision and not money in politics Mm. and not the DNC rules. He has also been talking about the fact that the DNC rules for debates in general have worked against the candidates of color. And we saw that with Julian Castro not being... So he believes that the polling numbers that they're using, the amount of donors, actually, and the amount of donors that you need to have across the states, that that is problematic and works against candidates of color because we know that white people, white men, straight men, are the ones that are holding all of the wealth, Mm. right? And so because they are working off of the fact that we're still in the midst of a blacklash from Obama. They're not investing in these candidates who I believe Julian Castro, I believe Kamala Harris to be good candidates. But they're like, oh, white suburban Marge isn't going to vote for them. So they're not getting resourced. And in order to really galvanize small dollar donors in the way that, let's say, Obama did, you would need to have the coverage, right? The media coverage that they also do not get. We've talked about the amount of coverage that the women candidates have gotten versus the male candidates. I've talked about the fact that the B-boys, you know, before Beto left the race, Beto, Buttigieg, Biden, Bernie, all of the coverage that they were getting. And where was Warren? 
where was Harris? Even Klobuchar, mm. right? Aside from Klobuchar giving her announcement in the snow, that was like it that she got in terms of real coverage. So when we look at just the ways in which the establishment system works against people of color and yet we're the backbone of the party, it just to me is incredibly troubling. And I feel like if we don't have a real deep analysis of Kamala's suspension of her race and look at it through race and look at it through misogyny, then we're really missing the point because there are a lot of people right now that aren't running, currently running really great campaigns, and they're still in the race. Well, yes, Tom Steyer will be on the debate stage. I wish they would just put the price up online so we know what it costs because clearly they paid it. Mm -hmm. And Kamala and, let's say, Stacey Abrams are not on the stage. Now, one of the many things that I think are important here is the fear that a black female candidate engenders in a community and an electorate that is obsessed with electability. Right. And this is not just something that white people are talking about. Mm-hmm. It's something that black people are talking a lot about. Mm-hmm. And this notion of electability seems to continue to boil down to who will others vote for. So, not yes. me. Right. Who will others vote for? And especially others in the Rust Belt and white people and white people who voted for Trump or were Obama Trump voters or are winnable voters. We need to impress them. And I can't recall another election where so many people were focused on who will other people vote for? That's who I'm going to support. And the notion of another woman candidate, another woman nominee is Mm -hmm. very frightening to a lot of people. That's totally unfair. The notion of a black candidate, I think, is very frightening to a lot of people. Putting those two together, I think a lot of voters cut her out right away. This is not going to be possible. And if you look in the data, a lot of Kamala voters, when she goes from 15 to Mm 4, a lot of them left her to go to Joe Biden. That's I want an electable candidate. Another swath of Kamala voters left her to go to Buttigieg. So they're leaving her to go to moderate Moderate white white men. men. The points to bring up are so valid because we consistently on Democracy-ish talk about South Carolina numbers Hmm. and how solid black support has been behind Biden in the 40s. And it is this idea that we understand and we will be the first on the front lines that will receive the backlash. And we understand what's at risk. And what troubles me so much is that we know he ain't the best. But we are. But but the fear, it is fear that is guiding those poll numbers. It is the fear of what happens if Donald Trump is able to steal another election. And so we have to put our weight behind what we believe white people will do and hope, hope and pray again that they're going to vote in our best interest. We keep chasing Middle America Marge, right, for her vote, knowing good goddamn well that Marge only votes for Republicans and has for decades. One of the other big problems for Kamala, what is the number one word associated with Kamala? Cop. 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 People think of her as a cop. For some reason, Crime Bill Joe escapes (laughs) this. 
Also, yep. I just found out yesterday, I didn't realize, or maybe I forgot it, Amy Klobuchar was also a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. But she is not thought of as a cop. But I think for a black woman looking for black people's votes, because you have to have a lot of black people's votes to get through a Democratic primary, mm-hmm. a lot of black people dismissed her right away as right. a cop and said, I'm not coming back. And there's a strange thing of like, she locked up a lot of black men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that is true in a largely segregated country, right? who was then protected? If I accept the premise, which I don't believe is true, but just for sake of argument, let's accept your premise that she locked up a lot of black men. Who is then protected? Black people. Right. Is your argument that we shouldn't be locking up anyone? I can get down with that argument. I don't think that person wants to follow me to prison abolition, which I think we should be taking much more seriously in this country. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. they're just complaining that she... uh, She wasn't on our side. I feel like that actually is the feeling with Black folks who were turned off by Kamala, is that it's fine for white Amy Klobuchar to have been a prosecutor because we don't expect anything Mm. of her. Do you know what I'm saying? It's fine for Joe Biden to have created the crime bill during a time when Democrats were being labeled as soft on crime. And there were people that were living in crime inundated spaces, cities and places where that made sense. But we don't expect anything Mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. When you are black, And I believe a prosecutor, we look at you as potentially suspect. You're not on our side. Right. Because the system was never created to work for us. So why would you enter into the criminal justice system that has always been prosecuting blackness from its inception and work against us? And I think that that is really at the core of the black flight, if you will, from her campaign. Or just rejection. Right. Because I don't even know that if they, they were, were with her to fly. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. Was always mm-hmm. at a very low number among black supporters. There's also widespread misunderstanding of her notion of jailing people whose children were truant. Right. Mm-hmm. And this under this feeling of like, you don't show up to school one day mm-hmm. and we're gonna throw your mom in jail. And I talked to her about this ten years ago. Mm-hmm. This is vastly misunderstood. This was used as a stick Mm -hmm. to deal with parents who were not Mm -hmm. paying attention to their children going to school. There were many, many, many warnings and discussions trying to get people to take it seriously. And some people are taking your kids go to school seriously. There are some single moms, many single moms who take it seriously, obviously. Right. But, but they don't have the some, bandwidth. There are some they're, who, they're working two and three jobs. But there are right? some who aren't taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And this was a stick that to, they could use mm-hmm. for the outlier group who is not taking seriously enough your responsibility in making sure parent. your kid gets to school. We appreciate that you are working a lot, but you also have to do this part too. Right. And if you know your kid may or may not go to school, you need to make sure. Because if we have kids dropping out, of high school, what do they go on to? Crime. Crime. So this is pre-prevention of crime. Mm -hmm. Do we not want that? But then it's looked at 
as the criminalization of poverty, mm. right? Because these people that we're talking about, that you're talking about in this truancy policy, it's not the middle class folks whose kids are skipping school to go to Taco Bell like people did when I was in high school or skipping school to go and hang out. They're not the ones that are being threatened with jail, threatened with a criminal record. Mm. And so it has always been looked at that, yes, you need this stick because there are some outliers, but isn't it just the criminalization of poverty? Maybe if mom didn't have to take two buses, you know, to get to her one job that was is paying her under minimum wage and then the next job that is doing X, Y and Z. And you're assuming that the public school that you're sending your kids to is actually educating them in a way and making and creating a safe environment. But lo and behold, you don't know that. Right. Because you're busy trying to put food on the table like that's real life shit. And so, you know, when you look at the policies that are created, they come from a very paternalistic and racist place. And I think that when you look at that and the face of it is Kamala Harris, that was seen as very problematic. And my problem with that is that there was never a good response for it. There was never a way to reassure folks Here's what we did. That here's what we did and why. Right. She said that she stood by her record as well as Joe Biden said that he stood by his criminal justice bill. Right. It was my bill. I wrote the damn bill. Right. But you don't you're not looking at it through the prism of the pain that it caused and the domino effect in the communities that it caused. So I, I feel like at one time she was judged in a way that was not fair. That it was already she was already being judged on like this unfair curve of being a black woman, child of immigrants, you know, in this country. Right. She was questioned because she married a white man. Her blackness was questioned because she married a white man. Blackness was questioned because she's light skinned. Right. Because because she's half Jamaican, half Indian. Then her patriotism was questioned. Right. So you have all of these things that she was already dealing with that none of the name one of the other candidates that was dealing with any of that. You know, there's also a larger thing. And I agree with all that, that she was not viewed as terribly progressive. Mm -hmm. And that space is already taken up by two great candidates who've been around Mm -hmm. for a while. And From The New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. 
You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. She was not viewed as particularly moderate, but those who would see her as moderate, they're already down with Crime Bill Joe. Yes. Right, because he stood by Barack. And it's polling in a way that suggested he's electable. I mean, I, I, I can't take those polls, the head to head poll against Trump seriously. It's like asking people if they're going to buy a product that has not yet been released. Well, I haven't seen the ads. I don't like what does the product do? Mm-hmm. Is it, are my friends going to like it? I don't mm-hmm. know. It's far too early to really take those polls seriously. But we have a progressive wing that is being very well spoken to and a moderate wing that is being very well spoken to, especially with the rise of Pete, right, who he took voters out of her pocket. Now there's a bunch of moderate candidates, at least two in front of her and at least two progressive candidates in front of her. Where is the road forward? Where does she fit? And Mm -hmm. I think that there's definitely some calculation of it would be better for me and perhaps for the race, but definitely for me to bow out gracefully now rather than finish sixth or fifth in Iowa and New Hampshire. And potentially and put her Senate seat in jeopardy. I don't believe. That's one of the things uh, being said. And those are one of those sort of crystalliza things that get repeated mm-hmm. that I don't think is actually right. I don't think actually anything is damaged in California by her finishing sixth in Iowa mm-hmm. or fifth in New Hampshire, right? I don't think her Senate seat in 2022 becomes more vulnerable. Somebody from L.A., the former mayor of L.A., becomes more viable because Kamala finished fifth in South Carolina. I don't think that matters. I just think that there are some people that are allowed, and by some I mean white folks, that are allowed to fail up, right? Hickenlooper can leave the race and people are begging him to run for governor, right? Like Senator, Senator, excuse me, Beto, right? He failed. And they're like, you need to go and run for Senate. I feel like, again, when we're talking about being judged on a curve and talking about being judged in a different space, that there is a risk there. I don't feel like it's just conjecture. I do feel like for a black woman who had the audacity to say that I have the skill set and the ability to be president of the United States, that there is almost a punishment in place for being that audacious. Mm. And that, to me, is the risk of, do I look like I'm not electable? Do I look like I am not trustworthy? And so now the power that I have been able to assume as senator, does that get taken away from me because of the audaciousness that I can lead the entire country? I don't see it as a punishment. I would see it more as a dismissal or an ignorance of her. Like, well, of course not you. And it's Mm -hmm. not like we must strike you down. It's like we never thought of you as serious. You know, California loves her. Mm-hmm. Right. And California is its own weird state where she won't have to run against a Republican. She will run against another Democrat. Mm-hmm. And the Democratic Party understands her power. She is a superstar senator. And yeah. she shines. Absolutely. In all the big hearings that she's part of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the most fun parts of the day that she dropped out, which was mostly a sad day, but when 
the president delicately tweeted, right? Not the meanness that oh, he, no. he normally in disdain. He's he afraid norm- of her. He's like, you'll be missed, Kamala. And she's like, oh, don't worry. I'll see you at your trial. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, Mr. President. I'll be front and center at your trial. <laughs> and you know she will. Oh, yeah. And you know she will be a voice who is speaking. Because quite often these hearings, there's a lot of grandstanding. There's a lot of asking of questions, what you know the answer to. You're trying to get a bite for your local news. She doesn't seem to do that. This is like more like, this is my home. This is what I do. This is what I'm used to in terms of prosecuting people. And this is where I can really ask important and valuable things. I think that we have not heard the last of her. On the national stage. On the national stage. I believe that she will run again. I believe that what we are going to see over the hearing, right, over the Senate hearing, but over the next couple of years is a rebirth of her and her being her true, complete self, not this manufactured, what is it that the people want? What are the fake focus groups telling me how I should act and how I should smile? I think that we're going to see her with the gloves come off because I don't have anything to lose. I think that we will see the real Kamala is the one that we saw going toe to toe with Brett Kavanaugh. That's not the Kamala that was on the campaign trail, but for a moment when she came for Joe Biden's neck. And I wish that she had stayed in that place instead of backing off by whomever told her it only played for a moment, but you need to you know, stay on the fence. You need to not be so aggressive. You need to not be so assertive. Again, Layered in there is racism, is misogyny of how black women are allowed to act, show emotion and passion. When we saw her in her setting, in her element, at those hearings, that's her. That's the boss that could have beat the crap out of Donald Trump on a debate stage. That would have been like, try and come for me. Yeah, and I feel like for a lot of people, the sense is that you need a candidate who would literally beat Trump in a fist fight. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is like, mm-hmm. well, you know, Kamala can't beat him in a fist fight, so well, then he will trounce healthy. her. No, he's, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's, he's his not. veins are filled with French fries. But if he sat and like, on you, it would be a problem. Right, but she's pretty agile. <laughs> but, you know, it's this notion of like, we're sending somebody up like UFC or something. And we need somebody (laughs) to be able to win in the octagon. I wish that that was the case. I (laughs) wish that the election was actually set up like the Coliseums in Rome. And that that's how we decided who was going to, who was going to go. Somebody who's going to be mean and nasty and meet his race to the bottom, Mm -hmm. you know, with even more. I don't want somebody who's going to say nasty, snippy things to him that are, out of bounds and take politics even lower in the debate. I want somebody who's going to elevate and let America see, like, we can have a leader who the world does not laugh at and make fun of. Not even behind our face, but to our face now. You know, we can have somebody who elevates the country, elevates the office. The presidency used to be aspirational, Mm -hmm. right? And Trump has made it some gutter job. Right, where he's evoking the guy at the end of the bar who's drunk and watching Fox News. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so right. And that is disgusting. That and we is don't, disgusting. And, and it fits the Republican ethos that government is part of the problem. To have somebody 
who's inhabiting the White House and the Oval in that way. Whose clear function is to destroy it. Yes. From the inside. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy of the Republican Party. And as Democrats, we believe that government can and has been part of solving people's problems Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. creating big change that matters for people, for health care, for taxation, for affirmative action and civil rights, you know, in all sorts of ways. So we should have somebody who respects the power of government and respects the office and is not going to get in the mud and throw it back at Trump. That's not what I want. And, you know, if you think Crime Bill Joe is able, is, you know, that's the sort of guy, or, you know, if you saw the Irishman, the little guy, you know, like, is the little guy going to be able to throw punches with Trump? I don't care. This is not the Queensbury rules. You know, it's, I want to not care. But in the advent of social media, in the advent of politics becoming pure sport and entertainment in the way that we discuss it, you can't move away from the imagery and the clips, the audio clips of Trump's pop-offs and listening to the incoherence of a Joe Biden. You can't part and parcel and say, well, I don't want you to get into the mud because it's like, that's where we are. This is gutter politics. We've been playing gutter politics since that escalator ride down that was literally the the descent of our (laughs) political system that was that was every you know every vision of that descent of where we are that was that we knew it then what also pisses me off about where we are right now with this all white lineup that we now have Mm. is that once again our choices are moderation incremental progress yeah a russian asset or like tulsi Yes. And the fact that systematically Bernie and Warren are being taken down, right, by the insurgents of a Bloomberg, Mm. of a Deval Patrick, of these people that are kind of coming in to hack away at their numbers. Like, this is all a strategy. And I just, I got to tell you, I would love to one day see what America would look like if Citizens United had not Mm. become law of the land, if there were no money in politics, if you couldn't buy your way in, what would a true field look like? That would be powerful. We'll never know. And the fact is, you know, I talked about this on Woke AF, is that like, here's the thing. Our democracy started to decline when the Supreme Court decided our presidency Mm -hmm. in 2000, Mm -hmm. when they anointed George W. Bush. Go back that far. Go back 20 years. Where would we be if Al Gore, who readily won that election, had become president of the United States? <sighs> there is so much that is wrong. And I tell you that it's not just Donald Trump and it's not just like this Trumpian thing now. It's the fact that the system needs to actually be destroyed. The system is corrupt and has been corrupted when good people can no longer enter politics. Well, if you want to throw in all that history, which I agree with, also the creation of Fox News, which comes out of the change in the FCC to where right-wing radio becomes this big, important thing on the right, spreading disinformation, that has been critical to shaping this modern moment. And if we could erase... Fox News from Mm -hmm. uh, the American consciousness, we'd have an entirely different country. Mm. But yes, again, it starts to appear as though progressives are going to be asked again to compromise 
for moderates and get behind a Biden or a Buttigieg, who I don't believe that Mayor Pete, the little guy, is going to end up with the nomination. I... I don't see it. We have never nominated a mayor. Ever. Maybe a former. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For mayors, somebody may be thinking of, well, so-and-so was a mayor at some point. Right, but they uh, Bernie usually, was a mayor at one point, but, but he was a senator, senator right. or a governor right. or vice president. Uh, Not somebody that won their seat by 8,000 votes. Come on. But, like... I don't want to take seriously the recent dip that Elizabeth Warren has supposedly had. Mm -hmm. I don't want media to fixate again on the horse race, which becomes its own self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Someone dips three points, which is within the margin of error. So it could actually be zero. And media has these stories about Warren slipping or Bernie slipping or whoever slip, and then that feeds into itself. Voters hear that, and they say, "Oh, my candidate is losing, so let me go shopping and pick somebody else and ride with somebody else." And this is not a way to cover politics. No. One thing that will be great is if we could make this whole season shorter, so that it doesn't become about who's up and who's down, and we have these oh, cable news good. people constantly telling us mm-hmm. this person is up, this person is down which becomes its own feeder for them to continue to rise or continue to fall. These polls, these po- like you said, these polls this early, they mean absolutely nothing. We might as well just have a bunch of people going around shaking the magic eight ball <laughs> and giving us direction. But people are making decisions based on those polls, so then they do matter. Well, I tell you, if polls really matter, then Hillary Clinton is clearly president of the United States. She won by the amount that the national polls said. She she got the percentage Mm -hmm. that the national polls predicted. So the national polls were not wrong. No, and that's why I go back to the system is broken and rigged and needs to be destroyed. And how does that happen? We get to a place where we have decided that we have had enough and that we want to have massive civil disobedience. Because what is happening right now, as we are watching this election unfold again, and I'm telling you, I am in a state right now where I believe that Trump is going to steal this election again. And we may actually have to stay in the basement in which we're recording in because it will not be safe. 
<laughs> up top for people that look like us. The purge. It will be real life. His followers, these fanatics, they are batshit crazy. And so we think that we're in a bad space now. This man is impeached. Oh, you couldn't take me down that way. And I won the election. And I use one with italics and air quotes. Right. And I won the election again. What do you think that they are going to set up to do? But they are equally dangerous if he loses. And they feel like, oh, see, here we go. Our country's being taken away from us. Now we have to make sure that we put them back in their place and that they understand who is really dominant in this country. That is just as much of a fear. The hate crimes and the need to establish white dominance, that could completely come from a Trump loss. Either way, I think we're fucked. Uh, to To be completely honest. And the only way that I see a path forward is if a true progressive wins. And if a true progressive wins and then actually continues to prosecute Trump to remove him from society. Like, literally. Like, I don't want this rollover, oh, the country's so divided, so we're not going to continue down the prosecutorial path, even though we know that the man is criminal and lawless and all of these things. We're just going to let it go, let the election decide this fantastical unicorn experience that we're doing right now, (laughs) knowing that we haven't safeguarded not a damn thing from 2016 and here we are four years later same system in place same bots in place putin sitting back in his chair bare-chested folding his arm like go ahead monkey keep going trump zuckerberg does not care about if you lie on his platform hey who am i to decide what the truth is i literally could strangle him (laughs) i could you literally i literally could strangle him i just i feel like right now we need to come to grips We need to have like a collective waking up of what is really at stake and who can really heal, who can really take charge and who can really move the pendulum back to progressivism. And it's not Buttigieg. It is not fucking Biden. No. It ain't Klobuchar. Hmm. It ain't, you know, so. Is it Steyer? (laughs) Let me tell you what. Is it Bloomberg? You know, maybe if these men had spent their money on real things, maybe if. I don't know, in a fantasy, billionaires decide that, you know what, I'm going to take my ego out of it and back real people Mm. to do real things. But there was a moment in the last week, I believe, where somebody on MSNBC, Donnie Deutsch, Mm. dared to say that Elizabeth Warren isn't likable, which... You know who's not likable? Donnie Deutsch. Come on. Which really, really bothered me. Mm -hmm. Because... Just making ridiculous political... That's not analysis. No. That's just like, I just don't like her. Well, why do you not like her? Because she's going to take your baby jet she, away? Well, no, but she smiles. She's nice. Mm-hmm. She attempts a winning way. Mm-hmm. Everybody is not for everybody, but just the basic social science stuff that you do to be liked, she does those things. She looks you in the eye. She speaks with a pleasant tone. She smiles. Yeah. Tom Steyer. Mm-hmm. And Mike Bloomberg mm-hmm. are like the guy in Up, right? The guy who's <laughs> like, get off my lawn. Yeah. When they smile, it's awkward. They don't look you in the face. They are clearly condescending to you. I have the billions. I have the answers. I know. Yeah. So you should I be alone listening can, to me. What, they I are the other side. This. I alone can fix this. So if Elizabeth Warren is unlikable, mm-hmm. what are they? They are certainly not 
oozing charisma. They are certainly not people who we would get behind and would create any sort of interest if they were not billionaires. No, honestly, other than buying multi-million dollar ads, right? $30 million on Bloomberg's side. Other than doing that, what kind of infrastructure are they creating? Are they doing what Stacey Abrams was able to do? Come on. In Georgia, are they creating the type of infrastructure that Bernie Sanders, that Barack Obama has done to rouse the people? No, they are buying fucking ads. Just look at me. It's a fame just gesture. Look at, just look at me. Are you running for prom king? Right. Or are you running to be president of the United States? Right. So it's if like, you want to be president of the United States, you at least need to build some type of base. Hollywood for ugly people. Mm. That's what they're doing. Come right? on. And we follow Bernie because of his ideas and mm-hmm. because of his movement. Bloomberg and Steyer are not anywhere near there. And they are certainly not representative of the country going in the right direction I mean, we've already had a country that was trending before Citizens United Mm -hmm. where the rich had an outsized amount of political power because Mm -hmm. of their money, which then politicians responded to giving the rich even more money and even more of an outsized impact on politics. Rinse and repeat. Right. And it kept on growing to where the one percent is really controlling politics and your vote means less because of the amount of money they can give. But we used to have them controlling the process from behind. Now they want to be in front. Now they're on the stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're only one election cycle away from it being a group of billionaires running to be president. And you can't even get in the game. Who wants to be America's next oligarch? Right. And I mean, like (laughs) Kamala Kamala said it, like, I can't continue because I'm not a billionaire. Whereas Bloomberg and Steyer are like, I could keep this bad campaign going as long as I want. Yeah. They'll be there past Iowa, past New Hampshire, past South Carolina. You know, we may have a really contested convention. Why? Because of white male fragility and ego. Mm. That's where we're headed. That's so it, because white male fragility is what we are responding to and saying, oh, they can't vote for a black woman. Yep. Oh, maybe they won't vote for a white woman. Mm. We need to give them a white man who speaks their language. Why are we being asked to compromise? We I'm done compromising. are the core of the Democratic Party. I'm done compromising. And I want every person who is from a marginalized community to say the same thing. I am done compromising. I am done chasing middle America Marge. I am done. Right. With you telling me that whiteness is the only currency, I am done with it all. Like that's when you decide to wake up and start to disrupt instead of being just assuaged by what you're being fed. Like this is bullshit right now. Our politics are absolute crap. And so until we decide that we're done with dealing with what they're feeding us and that we're going to break the system and make it anew. We're going to continue having these conversations with the same players, the same establishment, doing the same shit over and over again. I love you. And I love you for saying that. I want to go out on that. (laughs) We're going to just go. We're going to stay here in the basement, though. But yes. Thank you for listening to (laughs) Democracy Ish. I'm Tore. And I'm Danielle moody Bills. And we will be back next week if we still have Have a a country. country. Pray about it.